This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Sir Jimmy of House Nuts, Master of the Web, Lady Don of House Wright, Sir Chris of House Farber, Sir John of House Frey, Lady Kira of House Arnold, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord Brett of House Fry, Lady Juliana of House Stradley, Sir David of House Fraser, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry. This episode of Ben the Knee is protected by Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Sir Ryan of House Turbush, Lord Robert the Unfrozen of House Butler, Lord Paramount of Skagos Island, Lady Sarah the Unraveler, Lady Raj, Mistress of Horse. Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Uh, today we are into John 4 of A Clash of Kings, and in our Maester study, we will be discussing the Fist of the First Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I referenced that many episodes ago. I called it something else. People laughed. It was a funny time, and uh, <laughs> we can just go listen to that little nugget. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. anyway, as yeah, back to John, um, things about to get real serious. I'll just say that. Okay. Uh, we find ghost ghost is the hero of this episode, find some things and, uh, we can go from, go, go from there. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it is serious. It's, it's some good stuff. I mean, thank, thank the gods for ghost, right? That's I his mean, territory, right? I mean, you have to think, isn't that where he, he's that's his from? turf, is man. On the wall? That's his yeah. turf. He knows. He knows. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, that's yeah. that's awesome. I mean, um, yeah, th- I'm excited for this one because things are heating up. I mean, there's some cool – when you get into these well, chapters – Or they're cooling down. They're cooling – there we go. There's, there we there's go. a chill in the air. <laughs> there is a chill in the air. So, All right, as how you been, man? Uh, been great. Been uh, d- doing awesome back in uh, school. First week with the kids uh, was Crazy. interesting. Yep. Um, interesting, yeah. Yeah, that's – we'll leave it there and – it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> okay. So that it's it's fine. We just finished up a, a Heroes of the Horn uh, episode. That was great. Having having a good time there. And if, you, right. if you're in the Wheel of Time, go check it out. I'm telling you, things are also right. picking up there as well. We're into the Dragon Room right. Horn. So we're considering starting a Cobra Kai uh, podcast. But yeah. Oh uh, my god. Oh, yeah. Podcast. That's definitely something we're consuming and we're into right now. That's oh amazing. my god. It's like the greatest thing ever. Hey, you know what? There are a lot of Game of Thrones references in that yes. show. Yes, there are. Like, I mean, a lot of a them. Lot. I mean, especially a season two, there was a lot. I was laughing so yeah. hard yesterday because I was pl- I plowed through season two. So I found it. Well, I mean, I didn't find it. I mean, the show's been out. But it was on, like, YouTube. You know, when they, they tried that, like, YouTube Red or whatever it is where you get, like, YouTube originals. I don't know. So basically, yeah. you know, I, I didn't really watch it until it came out on Netflix. And then I watched it. And I was like, as you got to watch this show. It's amazing. Like, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's like a follow-up to The Karate Kid. And then, man, they're talking a lot, you know, about uh, about Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen. Oh, yeah. And, and, oh, yeah. and there was, it was funny, well, funny little references. Wasn't there a reference he, to Sam, too? Like, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Dimitri is the, is the kid's name. We were trying to think of who it Oh, yeah, uh, right. And, and so he's like, yeah, I'm more, I'm more Sam Tarly. And then 
Ralph Macchio, a.k.a. Daniel LaRusso, a.k.a. Uh-huh. Daniel Sun from The Karate Kid, now yeah. in Cobra Kai, was like, but even Sam slays a White Walker. And it's yeah, like, let's go. Does. Let's go. Okay. I was like, oh, man. Oh, yeah, man, guys. Cool. So, yeah. yeah, You guys need to, uh, if you have not yet, go watch Cobra Kai. And if you're like, I don't know what that is, then go watch The Karate Kid. And if you don't know what that is, stop listening. We'd, you know, wow. I mean, wow. 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 <laughs> no, I'm no, just kidding. You... But go watch The Karate Kid. Yes. Then yes. start watching Cobra Kai. You don't necessarily need to watch Ka- Karate Kid 2 or 3, but uh, certainly the first one. Yeah, no, no, 100%. There was, uh, that's, it's so good. And I was, yeah, yeah it's fitting you know, that there's the Game of Thrones references. And so we, you know, you guys got to check it out. You'll, you'll, you'll enjoy it. Um, yeah. That's gotten us fired up. I mean, here recently, that has got, that's been, it's amazing. Several things have gotten us fired up, and I'm just back to being like, you know, I, having that first week of school. I'll tell you, I'll tell you guys this: like being out there, getting up. I've been I've been in a routine for two weeks, working, trying to get everything ready to go, and then but actually going and being with kids, it just feels like different. And so I'm like, it's there's no more hesitating. All right, I'm just out there. I'm doing my thing. Life is air quote normal ish. It's different. We're all being, mm-hmm. you know well-behaved about it and everything, Socially but distant. it's just, yeah. So, but it's, it, it's, it's, you know, it's, here we go. I'm back on, I'm, I'm reading, uh, I think I said this last week. I'm, I'm reading in on the way to school. I'm listening, I should say listening on the way back and, uh, I'm pumped. I'm excited. There are so many things happening, uh, in these next couple of John chapters that just, that are important for the entire series actually. So this is this is fun to be at this point and to be working on John up at the fist of the first men, which we're going to talk about later in the Maester study. Uh, so, but yeah, anything else? If there's no news, really. I mean, we're not really nothing really. Still, still in waiting for Gurr to to tell us something. He did have a new blog post, and basically he just says I'm writing every day and into the evenings. Didn't necessarily say necessarily say anything about Westeros, but just that he's writing. So that's good. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah, it's real good. Whether he is writing about you know. Arya and Sansa, or he's writing, a, you know, about who knows what. Uh, here's here's what we hope. We just hope it's hope it's about Game of Thrones. Did you see? I don't. I, I can't remember if I mentioned this last time or not. But somebody who did the whole uh, George just getting tired of writing, and he wrote a whole chapter that was just Hodor, and it just was like just Hodor, yeah, just Hodor, 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 Hodor. I still That'd see great. that coming up, and it's just it's hilarious to me every time I see it. George just got lazy, he's like Hodor, and I was like, oh god, he got, got a chapter done today. It's like. Oh. No, he's he's, yeah. he's killing it. I think he's killing it. I feel I have a good I have a good feeling about it, and I'm excited, you know, for that. So um, we've been I've been, I mean, we've gotten some good ravens. We got another great raven to talk about today. Some some winds of winter stuff. So Lady Liz, thank you for that. That's coming up later. We'll we'll, we'll get there. So stick around to the end of the show. Um, and then also want to say thank you to everyone who followed me on Twitter and who's following our social media at BTK Cast. Uh, at Wampret underscore two M and at Super Gains Bros. Like, thank Let's you, go. thank you, because I am. You know what? I, it's it is sometimes you know, and we say this a lot, but it's like Rhaegar had those moments. John has his moments. Randall Thor has his. Luke Skywalker had his moment where you just feel like it's time to rise. You know, and so go check out the social media and and you'll see what's coming. So having yeah, fun absolutely. over there. So. All right, as well, let's dive into the Maester's study. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about the Fist of the First Men. Yeah, so 
I think let's just think about that name for a second. So the fist of the first men, right? Um, mm-hmm. What does that mean? So it's it's we get there and it's this hill. Um, it's beyond the wall. It's in the haunted forest, and it's what we what we know uh, about its history is that it was built by the first men in the dawn age. Um, and there's this bit of uh, kind of like there's a wall kind of around it, and again it's elevated so you can kind of see where perhaps you might be attacked from. So it's got this commanding view and deep slopes, which are kind of dangerous. Uh, you got the high ground, right? I mean, so that's that's cool. That's yes, a good thing. But I guess I was thinking about just the name of it, the Fist of the First Men, and I think about often with the children of the forest i think about what's going on here with the others and i think about the idea that during the dawn age the there is this uh gosh almost this this it could have been a fortress i mean it could have been a lot more what we see are just the remnants of something that is ten thousand years old you know we don't even know like like what all was really there so it i guess to me it makes me think like were they like the first men were were this this far north this is like, think of a time before the wall was built. You know yes. what I mean? Like what? Yes. <laughs> that time existed. And so you, you hear Egret later um, talk about them having the blood, the same blood as the Starks. And we, we learned that the wildlings, you know, uh, claim that being, you know, descendants from the first men and so on. And that they just, the wall's built, right? And they end up on the other side of it or they don't like the way whether it's the Starks or any any of the of the what would have been all all these kings would have been all these kings who were who were south of the wall and maybe they don't like you know the idea of that and so they they decide to live on the other side of the wall I'm not really because you you imagine that's not built in one day you know what I mean that's that takes some time and it's 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 whatever so did you have time to migrate south and move or were there actually strongholds like what we see at this first the, this fist of the first men you know what i mean like it's this or was that just the far out point in like like in the early stages of the dawn age when they're when they're marching and when we've got war against the children and stuff did they have this outpost kind of like we, we think about the the valerian freehold when um really dragonstone is that is that far western kind of um you know fortress stronghold it's a point where you know you've got your people uh, there, but it's not really a part of the actual empire. So it just made me think, like, 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 what are your thoughts on, on I guess what that was or why that's significant? I mean, it's significant in yeah. on our story because if of you, what we find it, there in the attack. Right. If you but. pull up the wiki, you know, like the show, you just kind of see it just looks like a mountain. But in in the the wiki, right, you sometimes get some of the you know official art. So there's one from like the card, one of the Game of Thrones card games, uh, and it actually looks like a fist. I mean, like an actual like fist sticking up out of the. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of the ground if you pull it up on on the wiki and it looks it definitely looks way more like a fortress which is yeah. you know totally different than what we see see in the show right it says the fist is located next to the milk water surrounded by the haunted forest the hill offers commanding views with the slopes at a dangerous angle to the north and west the only slightly less da- um, and only slightly less dangerous to the east there is a ring wall of chest high gray stone that crowns the top of the steep stony hill at the foot of the hill there is a brook and i mean it, it looks it definitely looks way more like you know a, a fortress right well who what were they protecting themselves against right yeah yeah 
do you know what so my theory my, my thought on on it is is that before the wall is actually built and as i said it takes more than a day or so you might need a few like if you're still dealing mm -hmm. with the others and you're trying to keep them at bay and again we find and we'll, this, we'll get to this at the end of this chapter we find some dragon glass um you know arrowheads and daggers and, and such ghost finds them let's you know let's make that clear um so, but it's like okay so that stuff is here now again i know it looks like it's freshly put there which is something we'll talk about later uh as well but it just made me think that this is they had to have had those kind of like outpost where they were securing that area or, or anything south of it so that the, the the construction of the wall could take place maybe i'm just trying to think more realistically about it versus like snap right. of the fingers magic wall up we go and and it's and it's just and it's just built so right you know i, yeah, I mean I think if you look I, at it if you, yeah yeah if you pull up a map and look where it is it's 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 pretty much it's northwest of craster's keep right it's still in the haunted forest um but as you get towards then you go, as it kind of goes over to the west is where you get frost fangs and stuff like that so hard home's like way on the other side like hard home's totally on like is like kind of far away from it actually yeah. um you it actually is closer to it feels looks to me like it's it's like I mean, if you were to try to come down into Westeros from as you get further out, you go into the land of always winter, right? Mm -hmm. You would have to pretty much go through the fist of the first men because everything is just mountain mountains yeah. to the to to the west of it. You'd have to go through. You'd have to go right past the fist of the first men. Yes, yeah. It, it seems like it is that it's 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 almost like it's almost like the northern Moat Kalen. Oh yeah, sure, sure. I mean, the real, the far... true north, Moat Kayla. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, one of those like like a spot in which, and maybe there was way more to it. And there's like, mm -hmm. you know, that's when I, that's why I say it is literally a dawn age thing because it could there could have been more to this, and this is just a remnant that's left over. Um, because yeah, if you, if you have that, and you can kind of see north, and you can prep for anything coming down out of that pass. Well, all right, awesome. Uh, and, and and really interestingly enough, it seems like Mance Raider has gathered his people over in that mountain region because maybe the others don't go there, or maybe that's 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 further away or more difficult. They don't come in that they don't come that way uh, or, or or something. There's maybe some reason for that because they seem to be safe. They know they're on the move. They've moved out of their other villages and they've they've gotten together. But why that area? Why not? Uh, somewhere else is it because they just wanted to amass and then strike south without the watch knowing and that was a part of it um or is it a combination of the two we're trying to hide from the watch get everybody gathered together and it's also the others that were were worried about there so i don't know i just think it's interesting when you think about the fist and you think about um what that means too, like a fist right you know and actually and actually right. just being kind of that the spearhead or whatever of what would have been their force to kind of break. We're going to break them here. This is where we're going to um, put it into this. So right. I don't know. I, don't know. I think it's, yeah, cool. I mean, I think it's I interesting mean, to look at guys today. Bend the knee is sponsored by better com. It is an online counseling website. It is better help. H E L P com. Um, you know, if there's anything causing you to not be able to achieve your goals or you're struggling mm -hmm. with depression, anxiety, these are dark times uh, that we are living in. And you can get online counseling at BetterHelp.com. And it is across the world. 
Uh, everything you share with them, it's confidential, it's professional. They have so many people using this website that they are actually recruiting additional counselors for all 50 states. There are actually over 1 million people using betterhelp.com right now. I mean, that sounds like pretty, that's a lot of people. It's a lot of you people, know? man. Getting a lot of help. And here's the thing, the state of the world right now, winter coming, like, I mean, if I needed a counselor, I think I'd be hitting these people up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, as you can start communicating with them in under 24 hours. It's safe, it's convenient, and you can do so from the comfort of your own home. You can send your counselors messages at any time. It's not self-help, it is counseling. So any, any, some of the other things as that they, uh, they'll help you out with, you know, even stuff is like sleeping trauma, okay? Sometimes okay. people have All trouble right. sleeping. Grief, yeah. self-esteem, LGBT matters, family conflicts, anger, depression, anxiety, whatever your struggles mm. are with, they can help you. And guys, Ez and I both want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off of your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash bend the knee. Again, you can join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. That is betterhelp.com slash bend the knee. All right, as with that, let's head on over to the reread. This week we are into John 4. Last week we were with Catelyn um, as she was there during the execution, assassination of Renly Baratheon. So uh, last time we were with John, the Night's Watch finally finds its people at Craster's Keep. Uh, Craster's been an ally to the Watch, but he has an unsavory reputation. Um Sam meets uh, Gilly. Uh, she, you know, we learned that the cold gods are taking babies. Uh, the Craster's giving his uh, people to, you know, giving giving his babies away, uh, and he tells him that Mance Raider is gathering people at the Frostfang. So, um, again, as you as you move right up there, you the fist the fist of the first men. You just go straight west, and then you get right to the to the mm -hmm. Frostfangs, which seems like. You know, I mean, not really the most ideal place to gather together people, I guess. If you let you go outside of the, uh, you know, you got you got to go out outside outside of the haunted forest. But you know, you could cross possibly uh, at the gorge right there as you as you as you come down. If you if you could somehow cross that river, you could cross in front of the shadow tower. So, um, yeah, we know we know mm -hmm. that that ultimately they end up uh, climbing the wall. But so this week, John four. Lord Commander Mormont's men reach the Fist of the First Men. The Lord Commander plans to reinforce the stone ring built by the First Men during the Dawn Age to wait for men from the Shadow Tower here and then wait for Mance Raider to return from the Frost Frostfangs. Ghost finally uh, joins John in the ring. Surprisingly, uh, John, uh, you know, since Go surprising John, since Ghost previously refused to come into the ring, Ghost leads him to some buried dragonglass weapons wrapped in a cloak of the night's watch easily one of the most interesting mysteries in the entire series how did those get there because they yeah. are they old are they new are they yeah so i mean as i say we i say you know you know you, you know 
we we know we're gonna kind of we know we're gonna we're, we're gonna summarize the chapter, but I say we dive into one of the one of the theories here, S. Okay, well, let's do it. Let me let me let me raise. Can I raise a question? Go ahead. Yeah. Yes. All right, S. Let's raise a question here for this week's reading. Who left the dragon glass weapons in beyond the wall that Ghost finds? Good Lord. You're just getting right after it. I mean, just let's I, I, absolutely. I, I, I love I, it. I say let, let's go right into it. So, I mean, okay. The, the, the whole thing is is that when this is found, um, it's wrapped in a crow's cloak, right? There's there's that gray fabric material. It's what, seemingly, it's, it's what we think. Uh, it's, it's wrapped in a Night's Watch cloak. Um, it also seems to have been recently buried. That was That was something that I... In, 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 in rereading, and we even had a listener, we had a couple listeners reach out to us because they were, when we first started, they were kind of sprinting ahead. And we had talked a little bit about um, Dragon Glass, and someone said, Guys, don't forget that, you know, that was something, it seemed like it had been freshly dug. Also, then, how does Ghost locate it? Um, was it the cloak? Is there some smell or there's something on that cloak? Was, it, was Ghost led there? The whole nine yards. Um, it is still one of the greater it's 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 a mystery right um we don't actually know who left that there we we learned that john uh turns well takes a few there's some daggers those are passed out sam has one um there's some arrowheads which thankfully when they get all the way flat to flash forward when they get to craster's um you know some of those are, are passed around they're, they're very limited in their spearheads their their arrowheads uh and their daggers but um, and Sam's the one who tells us that they freaking work. We don't know why. We don't know what they are at first or why they're significant. But you know, anytime Ghost, I think John even is 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 keen on the idea that if Ghost found it, and the fact that he's also thinking about Benjamin. This is where I'm driving toward. You know, John is always thinking about his uncle Benjamin. And this whole chapter, when they find this, he's he's wondering what Benjamin would do. And and you know. Core and half hand is, sh is showing up and we're going to this fight. John's hoping to find Benjamin along the way. Then he finds this cloak with dragon glass. Still can't find Benjamin. And he's talking to Mormont about it. So sometimes when, when an author puts those two side by side, John thinking about a character and, oh, we have a mystery over here too. It makes people go, I wonder if those two are, are one and the same. So that's sort of the obvious one that I think people jump to out the gate. Um, yeah, your thoughts. Yeah, I'm, I'm, as I'm as as I'm just I'm looking on Reddit here to see what other people uh, have been saying, and a big one is Benjamin Stark. That's what a lot of people say. Say it's you know we know that we know that Mance Raider is digging up graves right later, um, searching for the Horn of Winter, right? Yeah. Uh, and so it's, some people are saying here Benjamin Stark buried the dragon glass weapons and the Horn of Winter near the Fist of the First Men. Uh, because he knew that that would be a place that the Night's Watch would go if they were to march against Mance Raider. Um, I further believe, uh, let me see here, it says it was on this particular ranging that Benjamin buried the horn of Joraman wrapped in his Night's Watch cloak along with his cache of dragon glass weapons. Later in the story, Corn Halfhand returns from a raging and tells the old bear 
that Mance and the Free Folk had been digging holes in the snow all over the mountains, searching for something, but what that something was, the Half-Hand did not know. The Half-Hand requested John join him and his crew, and they went looking for Mance to see if they could figure out what the king beyond the wall was searching for. This is, you know, when John's later captured by Agret. Uh, uh, kind of going on here on Reddit. It says, um, I believe Mance had heard or suspected the horn was buried somewhere near the Frostfangs or the mountains north of the wall. This is why the free folk were digging holes all over the place. Um, whether Mance thought the horn was buried there uh, only recently or for decades, we do not know. In the books, it is Ghost who actually founds the cache of Dragonglass along with and a horn wrapped in the Night's Watch cloak. When we see John north of the wall, this this week's chapter. Um, is at the fist of the first men and ghost is also heavily connected to the old gods um in the books uh the bundle had only been buried for a couple of weeks or so as john noted the cloak had not yet begun to decompose he brings the bundle to castle black cleans it you know later um and gives the horn to sam and makes a knife for the old bear mormont with a dragon glass blade uh, the Horn of Jormon is the old cracked horn, which John gives Sam from the Dragonglass Cache, the one with the bronze on it, which was the metal they used back in the time the Long Night ended. So, uh, so, so, so people are saying it's Benjen, and then obviously this is going to be a big player later down the line. These, this, this horn and these, um, these, this Dragonglass we we see here. So, uh, then they're saying, well, you know, the show portrays. Benjen as cold hands uh, as further proof they're setting this up that I don't believe I do not believe that them using Benjen as cold hands uh, justifies Benjen being cold hands uh, just because they did it in the show I actually feel like that was a nod and they didn't they need they need because Benjen literally shows up and then dies so I feel like they just needed something as a transition here's a cool way to do it um, I think I've, I've 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 been leaning more and more and more away from the idea that Benjen um is cold hands whether benjen is still alive or not i don't know maybe he maybe he got captured i mean if he if it is benjen who puts this dragon glass cashier he's then without a cloak in the north so well, that's and, not and, gonna help him yeah and that's the thing unless he that i was gonna bring that up so when you talk about cold hands then you try to say well benjen also wrapped all this dragon glass in um uh, this this cloak and buried it uh, he maybe he took someone else's cloak because he did right. go north with other rangers. So maybe he had a, a an extra cloak and he did that as as a marker, puts it next to the fist. That's that's interesting. Let me um since since we're in the chapter here, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually gonna read some of this where they actually find um the glass. What's what's interesting is that when John is kind of trying to get at uh trying to he's approaching Ghost and he's trying to call Ghost to me now. Ghost will look up from drinking in the stream, and the look that he has, that that John sees in his eyes, he describes it as terrible, like a terrible look, mm -hmm. and a fierce, a fierce, terrible look. And so then he follows. He follows Ghost, and he's like, he's thinking to himself, "This is madness, right?" He's among the trees. Uh, he was about to turn back when he glimpsed a flash of white off uh, just ahead, back towards the hill. He jogged after it, cursing under his breath. So again, he's he's following Ghost. He says, "What have you found?" And he lowered the torch, and this is a lot of some of what you what you said, but I think it's neat to hear it actually from the text, which is he yeah, lowered absolutely. the torch, revealing a rounded mound of soft earth, a grave, he thought, but whose? So he thinks it's a grave. We hear that Mance Raider is trying to open graves for, for some reason uh, to find this horn. 
and everyone says it's the horn of of Jormund. But this ends up not being a grave. He thinks it's a grave, and it's not, right? Um, it's only two feet down. Not even. Uh, let's see. It's not even that far down. So he knelt. Um, jams his torch into the ground beside him. He says that the soil was loose and, and sandy. Um, he pulled it out by the fistful. There were no stones, no roots. Whatever, whatever was here had been put here recently. Two feet down, his fingers touched cloth. Um, he had been expecting a corpse, fearing a corpse, um, but this was something else. He pushed against the fabric and felt small, hard shapes beneath, unyielding. There was no smell, no sign of grave worms. Ghost backed off and sat on his haunches watching. Um, so his breast, so his breast. So there's that whole indication that he believed it was recently buried, like the the like the soil. Right. Nothing had really settled. So I mean, how recently? You know, within a month or or within a few weeks or a few days? Um, just moments ago. No, but but like it's right, right, it's right. it's recent. Um, and so he's thinking it's maybe a treasure or whatever. Um, but the, he said, so he's thinking, is it, is it coins? Is it whatever? And we, he pulls it out and it is, it is exact. It's dragon glass. Um, with the mate, with the maesters call obsidian had ghost yeah. uncovered some ancient cache of the children of the forest buried here for thousands of years. No, the answer is, is no, because we just learned it was recently buried. Um, unless it was something that was moved, relocated or whatever. Maybe somebody else, a ghost didn't find it, but maybe Benjen or someone else found it, right? Right. Yeah, a ghost um, did not find yeah find it originally. It's not like he found all this dragon glass, put it together, and then, right, <laughs> ghost is over there, right? You know? Yeah, he's like he's running all over the place. Here, he looks, here, looks, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then as you said, so beneath the dragon glass was an old war horn. All right, and it is banded in bronze, which is which is interesting. The horn that they have, um, that they actually are claiming is you know Mance has a horn. It's not this mm-hmm. one. And no. so this is the one that's given to Sam. And so everyone believes Sam actually has that horn. Um, and you've right. often said that maybe the horns, that there could be some misconception switch. in their yeah, switch or misconception in their use or, or whatever, because right. Yeah. I mean, that's just the theory. And I think, I think, it, I think it'd be cool. Right. If, if the thorn, if the horn they think is dragon binder is actually the horn of winter. And then, you know, the, the horn that we think is the horn of winter is actually dragon binder. Right. It's just be, it'd be cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so and then so here, here we go. Here's the, the actual description of the cloak. So we get this. Um, he's rubbing that between his fingers. He, he has the fabric out. It was good wool, thick, a double weave, damp, but not rotted. So it's damp, but not rotted, which means, again, it's recent. It's, it is not, right. it hasn't had time to, to rot. Um, it could have not been in the ground long, and it was dark. So then he's looking even closer. Not dark, it was black. All right, so um, yeah, so he knew what he had. He had a a, a cloak of a sworn brother of the Night's Watch. Uh, that like like that was the cloak that this stuff was buried in. So I I don't know, man. It's it, it is definitely a a mystery. I think the other big thing is is how did Ghost find it? That's the second part to this. Mm-hmm. What are you th- thoughts on that? I mean, when he looks up at John and he gives him that look, John describes it as different. It's, you know, Ghost has looked at right. him a lot. Like quite often he's. He and Ghost have stared at each other, but this time it was different. There was something right. fierce and terrible about it, and there's red eyes, you know. And so people will go to right. and, and and Ghost and well, and you go back to the beginning, right? When when Ghost is running off, 
uh, and John keeps calling him back, and then he just, he just goes off. So, like, something's obviously going on with the ghost. Well, and, you know, let's take some new information we have. So we were given some new information kind of on about animals and the North, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, remember in Fire and Blood, we learned that when Queen Allison tried to fly her dragon over the wall, she couldn't do it. Yep. It, it wouldn't work. So right. here's a situation when, in which a ghost is acting really weird north of the wall. So I think it's you know that's kind of that's kind of cool to to think about. There's maybe maybe a similarity between the two. Like there's something going on with magic uh, north of the wall that's causing these like pretty rare animals to act uh, you know differently. That's a good point. Um, yeah. I mean maybe it's just something 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 to uh, consider. Um, but yeah, so Ghost is basically almost drawn to these things, and that he he wants to do it. Maybe it is. Maybe he smells. Maybe he does smell Benjamin, right? And the other, you know, that's something else to consider. Uh, if this is if this is relatively fresh, and you know, if people think it's Benjamin that that found it, if you go down that that rabbit hole, well, if this is recent, then that means Benjamin's. I mean, Benjamin's like alive and out there. Uh, I mean, relatively, relatively soon, because how many months have gone by between the beginning of the series uh, when Benjamin goes missing almost immediately and where we're at now? I mean, we're into the second book. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. So that no, means I... so if if the, if it if it was Benjamin and maybe he only did it like a, a couple week or a couple weeks ago. Then where was he at for that entire first book when he was he was gone? He would have been around here somewhere. Yeah, you know the thing that confused. I'm gonna read something to you that I think you're gonna find really interesting. Um, just as we try to try to look at the context of, of all this and John's pursuit, uh, ghost pursuit, him following ghost to this this dragon glass. I've often I'm gonna start with this and then I promise you I'll get right back to the chapter here. But the it's like the children of the forest are they 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 do make a pack with the first men and i think it's we don't really know it's all kind of vague and there's there's a lot of years that could be like they were Mm -hmm. first fighting them they were cutting down their weirwoods and then they come to an agreement um and so i've always kind of wondered and what we saw on the show is that they as maybe possibly a part of their fight with the first men that they created the others maybe that seems right. to be what's implied right so i don't know let me let me, let me read this so I, I say that and then let me read this here so um john is realizing ghost is he, he has this thought he says when the dead came walking ghost knew he woke me he warned me and he's he can tell ghost wants him to go with him um this is when he starts to kind of follow him so uh, he's going past the guard. He gets past him saying he has to go get a pail of water. John slips sideways between two sharpened stakes while Ghost slid beneath them. Uh, let me move on down here. The camp sounds faded behind him. The night was black. The slope steep, stony, and uneven. A moment's inattention would be a sure way to break an ankle or his neck. What am I doing? He asked himself as he picked his way down. Here we go. The trees stood beneath him, warriors armed in bark and leaf. So the trees stood beneath him, warriors armored in bark and leaf, deployed in their silent ranks, awaiting the command to storm the hill. (coughs) Say what? (laughs) Like, there's just too many. Let me keep going. Um, Black, they seemed. 
It was only when his torchlight brushed against them that John glimpsed a flash of green. So many different things, because I go back and forth on the children, right? Do they seem black, and then once the light hits them, no, okay. That, I, I'm thinking everything or that's going on. they shimmer, right, or something, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I'm also thinking everything that's going on in Blood Raven's cave, I've said multiple times, is too, too dark down there. It's too much darkness. It looks bad. It doesn't seem right. But then you got George writing stuff like this, like, well, the, the, those trees, which are armored, um, you know, in, in bark and leaf, it's just a connection to the children of the forest. I mean, Leaf is a character we actually will meet later on, you know, it, and, and the, whole, the whole thing is that they are connected to nature in that way, and they, they're children of the forest. <laughs> so, um, <coughs> excuse me. So, the, they, they then, um, yeah, so we get that flash of green. Faintly, he heard the sound of water flowing over rocks. Ghost vanished in the underbrush. John struggling after him, listening uh, to the call of the brook to the leaves sighing in the wind branches clutched at his cloak while over uh while overhead thick limbs uh twinged together and shut out the stars so yeah, that might seem insignificant but like when you start to think of like the mystery of of who is leading ghost and you, there's like that is a connect there's 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 references to green almost this green site um, there's references to the children of the forest. Uh, you know, we're talking about stuff from the Dawn Age. We're at a significant place called the Fist of the First Men. So it's it's still kind of a mystery, but there are hints, I think, that would say we are being led to this uh, this this cache. And it could be the children. I mean, I could, the whole thing here is is are the children working to reclaim the, the land south of the wall or or is this uh, a, a redemption tour <laughs> are they or do they not care at all i mean i i go to the extremes on that right i don't know man I, so i think that is just i find that interesting i also find it interesting that these trees that are there that they're armored right and that they look like they're ready to storm or that they're ready to to approach you know to to move upon the fist of the first men Later on, that actually happens, except for it's not the trees, right? It's the White Walkers. But then you go back to, I mean, we have thing, we have whites, we have cold hands who seemingly uh, is under the control of, of the children or, or, or works with them or for them or, or something, like a cold white, but yet is not a thrall of the others. So I don't know, man. It's it's just a lot. It's 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 still very, very, very uh, complex, and and I don't know people have different ideas uh you know on it but it's one of the great mysteries it's good i was yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a yeah it's a, i think it's a it's a great question to start with because it's still one of the big mysteries i mean i mean you, you, there's so many other there's other rabbit holes to you know to to go down you know to to, to go down as as well i mean because i mean a lot of a lot of what happens in this in this in this chapter itself is i mean they're really just setting up camp right and they're kind of talking yeah, about it but it. i mean the big yeah, I mean the yeah, and the, hey, we're gonna wait for corn half hand and and stuff like that. So, the bigger kind of question is is this dragon glass and this horn. So now I say let's shift a little bit from who left it to do you think this is the horn of winter? Well, um, huh? Okay, I think well, it is. It is something. It is definitely significant. You know. Because it could be the Horn of Winter, but then also we don't. All we have are rumors as to what the Horn of Winter can do. You know, it's it's like 
when you have the sword, when you think of like these magical, these ancient artifacts or whatever that uh, had great power or whatever, it's more the wielder. It's more the person mm-hmm. who has the horn or has a Zora or has the has Lightbringer or has the sword or whatever. And sometimes there's often blood magic associated with it. So it could very well have like like have the potential to do something awesome in the right hands. I I, I kind of think. I think it makes more sense that it is one, it's a horn that was right in front of us. We we kind of forget about. We've lost track of it, and then now it's I, I believe it's in, still with Sam. I think right. I, I could be wrong. I, I don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. I think me, I but, no, um, I, Yeah. Yeah. I I think so. Yeah, and so it's getting closer to the other horn that we have, Dragon Binder or whatever. <laughs> but but I don't if know. Like, is, um, right. Yeah. It, yeah. If it is if it is, if it is Dragon Binder, yeah, absolutely. Because they admit, they, they flat out admit that the horn that Mance had and was pretending, cause he just, he failed. He just, he looked for it, didn't find it, couldn't find it. Um, it, it does make me wonder if Benjen, when he was ranging, if he figured out something like, like that the, the wildlings were onto something or that they were, that they were searching these graves and maybe he was led to one or maybe he came across some wildlings who actually had it and he intercepted them on their way to Mance and took it from them. And, and hit it you know like is is that something um and then you know did, did he then hide it and then the werewood saw it and then blood raven knows to lead ghost and john there that 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 is a possibility but um yeah is, is it the horn of winter i i i don't i don't know it's it's definitely significant in, in some way there's no reason to to really unless it's just to throw us off completely because we have another horn that is actually thrown in the fire and burned and it's just it's nothing melisandre does away with that but the this horn it's got a crack in it too i think doesn't it it's got like um Mm -hmm. it's old and wore out and again the fact that there's a bronze that it's it's got bronze on it um will tell you kind of how old it is and that and that it could have been uh the horn of jormund so it'd be interesting to see if it it were passed off to mance and what would mance say would he be able to say yeah that actually i can see markings or indications that that say yes you know that is the one. So, I mean, maybe that would, I mean, who knows? Maybe that would be why, um, I mean, say so if you look at it, right, let's, let's say that Benjen is the one who, who buried it. Let's, let's, let's dive down. Let's dive down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Well, so let's say, so Benjen goes north and he, maybe he, maybe he stopped, I don't know. He, he hears rumors and stuff that Mance is gathering at the Frostfangs. He's gathering this huge army. So it's possible that, um, Benjen goes and searches that out and find out finds out what he's doing and then possibly believes it's true or whatever and so he is like I have to find this thing first right like and so yeah I mean maybe he maybe he does maybe he does find it and he's like I gotta hide this thing mm-hmm. and that's that's ultimately what's happening it still doesn't explain what happens to Benjen right I mean no, because it right. seems like if he buries it at the fist of the first Ben, that's pretty far away from the. I mean, not pretty. I mean, it's not pretty far away, but it's certainly far enough away, given the territory, um, from the Frostfangs, that it feels like he would get, he would get captured unless he's attacked by like whites or or, or something, um, that you know would would cause that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. What 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 propels him to? to to do that and does and also like i mean i think the reason i brought up the whole idea that maybe benjen or someone was was intercepting like if you don't really know it's not that benjen's out there looking for the horn of of winter or whatever or or even looking at dragon glass but if you 
if you see this other group that you're in in opposition with and they're doing something that seems atypical and it's not normal and you you and all of a sudden you see them go they're digging up graves uh and you're wondering what what's this all about and then you find a, a small village where they dug one up and there there's a lot of buzz and excitement about it well i'm gonna go figure out what that is because that could be harmful to the watch and to the realm you know and so and that's that's where maybe then um we get with that but j just in recap while you're looking something up there i i wanted to go over um the horn of winter the the it is it's supposedly this legendary horn magical properties right thousands of years ago Jormon, the king beyond the wall, blew the horn, woke giants from the earth, and the free folk believe that the horn can bring down the wall. They believe that. That I don't know if that you know mm -hmm. is that true or not. Um, it's uh, Egret who tells John that they had been digging up the graves, opening graves of kings, old kings and heroes, uh, and trying to see if the horn was there. And it's I think Tormund later on who says that. We, we never found it um that basically admits that like it you know it he says that um uh let's see well that he was going to sound that okay they did have a horn right but the one that no one really believed it was i mean i don't know i to, to some degree i think they were hopeful that it would be the horn and then Melisandre, it is, it's eight feet long, right? It's this massive thing. And it's got, it's got these ancient, um, you know, markings on it that indicate it was, it was from the time of the first men. Uh, but Melisandre throws it in the fire and burns it. Uh, burst into green and, and yellow flame. And, you know, that's, that's it. So Tormund mentions to John that uh, Mance never found the Horn of Winter, instead claiming the horn burned by Melisandre as Dormans uh, because of its size. So that was the main thing. And that they were saying, you know, it, it looks so big and it looks, it's different. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So it, it, it also kind of, when you, when it's described, reminds me of Dragonbinder, actually. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. So, you think you of know, Ice Dragons right. and you go, wait a second. <laughs> right. Is I there... mean, so, in right. so interesting thing, right? Um, you know, so the, the horn Sam has it, right? It's cracked. So the idea would be maybe, you know, that's why it, it didn't, it didn't work or, or whatever before. Um and maybe Sam will fix it while he's at Old Town. That's that's some of that's some of the theories. Um, and then you know it's uh, one of the things is that Sam ends up you know keeping it right when mm -hmm. he's trading everything he can for some money. He says you know by the time the dealing was done, Sam was down to his boots uh, and blacks and small clothes and the broken horn Jon Snow had found in the fist of the first man. That's from Samwell for a feast for crows. So I mean he's still got that horn. Yeah. Okay. Good. I thought. All I thought. The, you know. All. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But it's like it's just interesting that that's they George makes reference of it obviously in a feast for crows that that he still has that horn while he's traveling to Old Town. Mm hmm. You know, I forgot. Uh, and it is. It's right here. It is. It were that John. Well, I think it's the next one. John does try to sound the horn, doesn't he? He tries to, and it does not work. Um, yeah, it doesn't work because it's broken. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's got that. It's got that crack in it, which. You know, crack in it, right? Could it crack the wall? I mean, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. You know. Uh, but that is, yeah. Sam being the one who can fix things and and knows about old, and that's why John gives it to him because he likes old, old things and might be, you know, um, it's curious. It's very curious. He also has it in a place where there's a ton of um, knowledge, you know. Right. And that's and that's the, the big, Sphinx. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
Jeez, never forget. I mean, there's so many mysteries and riddles down there that it that it's like, wow, this this is something. Um, and the fact that he still yeah, has and, it and, is, is yeah. Odd. And then here and then here here we go too. Um, a Clash of Kings, John three, just a little bit about the the lore of it. I and long before them came the horned lord and the brother king Gendel and Gorn and in the ancient days of Joramon, who blew the horn of winter and woke giants from the earth. Each man of them has broke his strength on the wall or was broken by the power of Winterfell on the far side. So doesn't necessarily mean that the wall is going to come down, right? Mm-hmm. What if it's it could just be a horn that controls winter or raises things out of the ground? It could raise something that's still totally possible in the books, an ice dragon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, we'll wake dragons from stone. Well, here we have a here we have a horn that's capable of, at least from what we see, can wake giants from the earth. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and you know, I, I actually go back. Let me let me back up for a second. So, if if you look on, oh god, there's a bunch of different forms where, where you can find information. Yeah. Theories. Don't on, forget, on the Samuel Tarley is from Horn Hill. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's, let's go. <laughs> That's the kind I'm of sh- stuff. I'm sure there's like ten of our listeners right there who are like, "That's it. I'm that's in. Uh, no, I'm in. Uh, that's it." Yeah, you make those like one those word association connections, and you're like, "All right, right there, there we go." Yeah, from Horn Hill. <laughs> um, so, and so, so he has the horn. Yeah, he's got saying. the horn. Yeah, uh, he is. Well, and actually, you know, you you Sam. I know John thinks about it too, but like. Uh, right there later on Sam is the one who hears that the the three the three horn soundings right for when we hear when we first kind of encounter the the whites or the others um but the horn that that uh Vance Raider has their whole big selling factor on this is that in ancient like the the description from you know however many years ago right is that it was supposed to be like eight eight feet long or something like that and so they find one that's like that but I kind of think that was like somebody else you, you imagine five right. to a thousand, two thousand years ago, claimed they had it, and just because it was a powerful relic and maybe gave them sway among the other, um, you know, tribes or, or or whatever, you know, other other groups, factions, uh, societies up there with the wildlings, and really it was probably, you know, they they haven't seen its like since who knows who knows when. I don't know, but then it, yeah, so. I'm with hey, you, man. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm. No, I'm. I'm. I'm with you on it. Hundred percent. We don't I think, know its power. We don't know it's not been. We don't. We've never heard it sounded. So, right. We. Yeah. We. We. We don't. We don't know what its power is. I mean, you got to think though. The fact that Sam still has this broken horn is gonna mean something. Mm-hmm. Why would you? Why would you hold on to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, the, unless it's just like say like it's like the Lothstan shield, right? Well, it, how how like Brienne, you know, carry, has that that thing. The shield just shows up a couple. You know, it shows up and he references it a couple times. Like you know, is it just some big mystery? Is Gerdas have all of these open threads, mm-hmm. which is entirely possible. That's that we think is going to lead <laughs> us down. It's like he's literally drawn a maze, right? And sometimes you know, you're, when you're looking at a big maze, you're like, oh, okay, go down here, go down here, go down here, go. Down. Oh, that's a dead end. Now I got to go all the way back. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then maybe that's maybe that's what he does. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't get me started on the number of uh, different threads we have going away from each other that I don't think right. are I don't see coming together, and I'm like, wow, that's not going to end, uh, or we're not going to get any 
conclusion to it. But anyways, the 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 horn. One of the last things I want to say about it, I guess, is that um, oh, it, it's just it's 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 intriguing because it there's just a lot of potential with it. The cover to Winds of Winter is a horn, right? Yeah. Isn't that isn't that the, the I don't know if that's an official cover or not, but like that it's it's a horn. So yes. My, is it actually depicting the horn though? Let me let me pull this up. I mean, is that official? Well, we don't. I I don't know. It's it's just, it's a horn, I I suppose. Right. So it's a horn, um, and it looks like it's got some some bronze on it. It looks. I mean, you look at this. Why why would there be a horn on on the Winds of Winter cover, Matt? You know. Yeah. I mean, you know, the well, daggers why is on that the cover. The dagger is on the cover of a Game of Thrones, and the dagger is pretty freaking important in that book. I mean, uh, whether it's like you know, some like the, the dagger Arya is going to use to kill the Night King, like she did in the show, isn't necessarily as important. But I mean, just in the Game of Thrones story, that dagger is pretty freaking important, right? I mean, the dagger is used to almost kill Bran, and then the dagger is something Catelyn uses, you know, later to be like, hey, look, I mean, how did you get this Valyrian steel weapon? Baelish is like, oh, it's mine. I lost it to tear. I mean, the dagger is like an item that moves yeah. the entire first story. So whether or not it is the actual Horn of Winter, it can be blown, you know, any any of this stuff. Um, and maybe it's just Dragonbinder on the cover and it's called uh-huh. Winds of Winter and it's to lead us to think, oh, it's actually going to be about the Horn of Winter, but really it's going to be about Dragonbinder. Um, it, but still, I mean, there's two horns and the fact that he still has this horn, I think it's going to lead to something. Yeah, no, yeah, hundred percent. You know what? You know what I was thinking. What would be crazy is we have another horn, as you say, Dragonbinder, that we know about. We've seen that it does some pretty terrible things to the people who who blow that horn. It, would it not be wild to think if that horn's purpose was to bind a dragon? And we talked oh, yeah. about this like not not too long ago, and that there being an ice dragon that it could, if you if you if you bound an ice dragon, whether that ice dragon is in the wall or is just north of the wall somewhere in the mountains or whatever. I mean, you bind that. I'm telling you right now, the winds of winter are coming off of that dragon's wings. You know what I mean? Like that. There's, there's the winds. I mean, the dragon itself is is stirring them up. So, um, anyways, just food for thought. It's just kind of, kind of crazy. But yeah, the fact that and I, I, I guess I'd never really thought too much about it when I look at the cover of of what I think is I think that's the cover, um, or what. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's got to be at this point. I mean, it's it's so synonymous with that book. Yeah, I don't know if someone. I don't. I, I mean, I think anyways, he has. It's, I think he has it on his website. I'll go look, but I'm I'm pretty sure. That's just kind of a big deal. <laughs> so, and we're dealing with Dragonbinder oh, already, yeah. and maybe it's just to throw us off, and that's Dragonbinder. But also, Sam's got a got that horn, and I mean, it does have on the the, the cover um, of of this. It's got a it's it's intricate. It looks like it, maybe it's more intricate than what is being described about uh sam's horn so i don't know i don't know man yeah it's a lot yeah, I'm, I'm, look, I'm i'm looking here to see on his website because i'm pretty sure he has on his on his website there's like a winds of winter thing and um yeah but you're right though the dagger is right there on that on the yeah, I mean, and then you have then you have like a crown, which is on the is on the second one, and I think a storm of swords is you know, and a feast for crows, or and, and dance of dragons are all just kind of like yeah, whatever. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's pretty important. I mean, so I mean, let's see here. So 
and of course, you know, these have been changed, you know, yeah, over, different over time. Yeah. Different different editions. But what you what I kind of consider to be like the regular thing. I mean, a feast for crows is, is like a goblet, right? You know, it's like, okay, boom, it's a it's it, it's it's a goblet. Um yeah, yeah dude, because I don't know. I mean, I think I think they're all freaking important. They are, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's you know what what I think is interesting is when that first edition does come or a wine out, cup, and you, I should say, yeah, yeah, and and you see what George kind of or whoever is you know, they're looking at and saying, yeah, put this on the cover. I mean, the first the first edition was just a throne, um, right? But what's interesting is is that doesn't look like the Iron Throne that George. So you wonder how much. Uh, you know george has to do with any of that or or whatever but they have to know what the object is i guess in the book to to kind of say yeah this is, the, this is the object we need to put on the cover so anyways i guess we'll get other people's thoughts and, and theories on that what do you guys think about this horn that sam has him being from horn hill because it's fascinating to me um he's got to fix it though that's the thing he's he's got to he's got to figure out how to I mean know. he's got it with it I mean that's the thing is he's 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 got the horn with him he's carried it all this time and now he's in old town and we know it's not Jorah Mormont that's going to show up that he's going to fix his grayscale so unless the, they do go down that route with John Connington in the books which is something we, we've talked about then Sam's going to find something else out at, at old town and we're and we're going to find out what that's going to be yeah, what if Sam is like it? Like it, he's reading about the the because a, a lot of people and a lot of the theories are that we've been misled on what the Horn of Winter, or the Horn of Jormon, it actually is, it is. And, and that because it's described as having intricate, um, you know, engravings or whatever you want to call it, inscriptions, right. and this horn that Sam has doesn't seem to have those, or if they were there, they were worn away, uh, because if it's that old, I mean, you know, maybe that that's possible. Um, so the evidence against it is that it doesn't seem to sound like the it's not the, it's what we see Sam holding and John trying to blow is not what is described by the wildlings and others as as the horn of winter. So but if Sam were at, at the Citadel and he reads like, oh, you know, uh, he starts to read read a description of it and he goes, holy cow, you know, God's be good. Here it is. I, I got I got it right here. I'm holding it, holding the horn. I don't know. Right, but what, uh, what if it's like um, I'm trying to think here? Is it Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, where they're going after the Holy Grail, right? And isn't isn't there like three Grails or something? He has to drink, he has to like grab the right one, otherwise like everything's gonna fall. And like so, am I remembering yeah, he, that correctly? Oh, there's tons there's, of there's there's, there's tons there's a, there's a bunch pick. of, and he has to pick the right yeah. one, and so he ends up picking like the most basic one, yeah, because yeah. he was like, well, he was a carpenter, right? So like this would be it would be a wood, you know, like it would be the most basic one. Well, what if that's the same thing that you know with the with the horn, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's not gonna be this super elaborate thing. It's gonna be something relatively basic, right? Right. Yeah. That that would be that that could be that that definitely could be. Um. It makes sense. Makes sense that we're looking for something that's really fancy and that's that's not, um, it's not what we need. And if it is that old, uh, it, you know, it could be wore out. It could have been a really awesome, epic-looking horn back in the day. And again, I go back to maybe it's not even the horn. Maybe it's more about like uh, who blows you know, it, or who, who, yeah, that that kind of that yeah. Kind of maybe stuff. you need somebody from Horn Hill. Yeah. Did you know, and this is just a random uh, uh, thing, I was I was reading ahead in, in a, a Storm of Swords, and I'm almost done, by the way. I'm like, I'm blitzing through just because I'm trying to really cover some mm-hmm. more ground again. And Melisandre is talking about 
Lightbringer. And I bring this up because it's like magical artifacts, these things, these these, these objects, swords, horns, whatever. And so in, in R'hllor, there's just this... And we got to remember that Melisandre is also from Ashai too. So Shadowbinder, that she's, she's, her background's mysterious. But she says that it was, that Lightbringer was forged in the fires, the fires that, that destroyed the seven gods, you know? And I'm just, I was thinking about that the other day and I was just like, the seven? Now, wait a second. We're talking about like, like the set, when the seven come into, you know, air quote existence or the, the Andals, right? Kind of, and then I'm thinking back to when Lightbringer was supposed to be around and its origin story and how it was forged in these fires that brought destruction to the seven gods. Well, I thought there was just, there's just one God, you know, but anyways, that was, that was kind of, uh, so a lot of this stuff can get kind of, uh, construed and, 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 uh, lost over time, mm-hmm. especially well, when we're talking here, thousands me, of years. And let me, and let me, let me just read one last thing here and then we'll, we'll close up shop with the horn of winter here. Um, so some theories against it is that the whites or the others pay no attention to the horn when they encounter Sam, not even the lone other that Sam comes face to face with who he kills. But I guess my thing is, is there's a difference between a broken piece of junk and maybe the horn of winter. Maybe it's doesn't, maybe it's not powerful. Who knows? Um, but it's almost like if it's broke, it's not really the same as a true magical object. Cause he's got to, he's got to fix it. Right. It's almost like the difference between a dragon egg and a dragon people thought those dragon eggs would never hatch they're like yeah you know they're they're great but the dragons are gone they're never they're never coming back right so there's a difference between a you know petrified dragon egg and a big full life dragon right two totally yes. <laughs> totally yes. different things and it's only danny who can really sense the magic in them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i get that no I, I i'm with you i think uh that's to me, that that one was kind of weak. I I I saw that. Right. I, I read that as well, and it's like, so what? I mean, that that's not their charge. They're not looking for for that. Whole, I mean, also, I don't know. We don't know enough about the others and their lifespan and whether or not that other would actually know it was around. I mean, are they like right? How old Maybe are they? It, they exactly. Even, it may be able to control the other. So who knows? Anywho, that's good. That, that's a that's a that's a that's a that's a decent place to 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 stop it there. So. Um. All right, Ez. Should do we have do we have a raven today? Yeah, we got a raven. Um. So let's see here. Today's raven. And I told you guys to stick around for this. Uh, let me find it real quick. This is this is um. It's actually a short one. Um. All right. So our raven today is from Lady Liz of House Ives, and it's literally just it's just a question, and I, I want to get uh, Sir Matt's Matt's thoughts on this. So. If Sansa does find Jane Poole, does Jane expose Littlefinger as the one who turns her into a whore? And I was like, so, you know, Lady Liz, uh, I, what was more interesting to me was the, like, the idea that, like, yeah, when would Sansa come back across Jane Poole? When does Sansa meet up with her? And so Jane, Arya, uh, air quote Arya, who is, I mean, that whole, that whole piece, right, is, is sent up to uh, Winterfell and passes as Arya because she can talk about the servants, the cooks, and who was there, knows people, etc. The other thing, though, is you got to imagine, like, well, again, a lot of them were killed, so, so never mind. But, I mean, but can very easily pass as, as Arya for people who don't know Arya or Jane. 
um, but is she's rescued. Jane gets away uh, with Theon. We know in a Winds of Winter preview chapter that uh, is being she's being sent back to the wall with John, and Sansa is still in the Vale, and we've got um, get a little tournament going on there where uh, Sweet Robin is trying to is trying to get his air quote um, King's Guard, Lord's Guard, whatever you want to call it, uh, to surround him. So what you know for that to happen, if, if that's going to be kind of a, almost like I don't even know if that's the Winds of Winter prediction if that's not something even further down the line because they're just so far away from each other and I do think John is coming south at some point so she could come south with him perhaps but we don't even she's still on her way up to see John but I, I do think that we are going to learn more that she does have some of the answers and she does know uh, some of what took place at King's Landing behind Sansa's back who was plotting, who was moving her around. Um, and, and that could be revealed and that could help Sansa kind of see, I think she's starting to realize who Littlefinger is and what he's all about. And she understands how to play this game better. She's learned from Cersei and she's growing, but, but yeah, you may, there may just, we may need Jane Poole to actually tell us, tell us what's going on here with, with Littlefinger and, and, and others. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, again, this this goes back to our our question of wow, the the piece of the you know, this is so centered around the the Stannis, you know, like the the, the Stannis question of what does Stannis win? Does he lose? Um, how does that impact John? And then Sansa still being that 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 big outlier, right? So um, Jane Poole, if she goes down sim- something similar to what we see with. Uh, Sansa in the show, Jane Poole showing up to Winterfell could just kind of inform uh, a now resurrected John, let's say, of what happened at Winterfell. Maybe she just goes to the wall because she thinks they'll protect him. They'll protect her there, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, like, and then she runs into John, and John's like, "Oh, okay, you know, I, I you know, he knows he knows Jane Poole," um, and so then that's what causes John to go down that route. And then you could think maybe Sansa just rides in with the Knights of the Vale. Things go similarly, and then Sansa rides in with the Knights of the Vale at, after, towards the end of a Battle of the Bastards, if that were to take place. Uh, and so then you that then you could have a a Sansa Jane pool um, a situation there, right, where they 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 run into each other, and then maybe it's not Arya and Sansa teaming up to depose Littlefinger. Um, it, I mean, I mean, it could be Sansa getting rid of him with, you know, like Knights of the Vale or, or, or people, people at Winterfell or whatever. Um, and maybe that is because, you know, we looked at some of that stuff with Arya in season seven. And that's it's the first time in Game of Thrones when I was like, I don't think we have any idea what's going on like with 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 them. And maybe that maybe that's actually supposed to be uh, Sansa and Jane Poole uh, scenes. Um, I mean, they're close childhood friends, and then you could have, and then you could have Arya go off, do whatever, take more names off her list, which she's, I think, is likely. Uh, and then you have Arya run into a Lady Stoneheart, right? Mm-hmm. And so then you kind of can get, you can kind of get that. That's maybe how you how you move Lady Stoneheart out of the, out of, out of the picture is because she actually runs into Arya. So there's because there's a character who we've talked about what's going to go on with her. So if you kind of take Jane Poole. She goes over, serves as Sansa for a bit. Uh, Sansa still shows up at the Battle of of the Bastards, um, and then saves the day. Not 
not her feuding with John, but she just shows up because she knows that it's going going to happen, and I want to go help uh, this fight. And then it's almost like it, rather than it being like, oh, I told you so, like you're lucky I did all this stuff. It's kind of a she comes in to, to save the day, which I think would be a, it'd be a, it'd be a cool different way different way to do it. And then you can have Arya kind of do her own thing, and then you can still get to relatively the same place, but you just move some other. Uh, you use some of the pieces you have with these different characters, and then you can then give Arya something to do that mm-hmm. takes care of another character, Lady Stoneheart, who we are like, something's got to happen with her, otherwise you're in this big stall, if it is at all going to, to relatively mirror something similar to what we saw in the show. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I mean, so, you know, if, if, you're, yeah, if you're a showrunner and you heard that a character who... Uh, is Jane Poole, but but was pretending to be Arya. Well, we don't have that character, so let's just right. use Arya and thrust Arya into that role, and and she and Sansa will, um, you know, that friendship will that'll be back because Sansa and Jane Poole are, you know, they could have that little, like they know each other so well, and they're such mm-hmm. good friends that you could see sort of like Jane is picking up on these little kind of um, body language cues or or some secret language or whatever kind of like what what uh, Lysa and, and Catelyn have uh, their their secret kind of uh, understanding their code their whatever in the opening of, of Game of Thrones like they could have something like that and it could be something they use to work against Littlefinger once Jane kind of tells her hey this is what's up the the, the crazy thing is and I, and I know Sir Matt just tried to do it which is to take us across the map and say how do we actually get Jane pulled back to Sansa I don't know that yet because I think you're right it it I think at least it, it would probably it's more likely to happen that they would be meeting up in Winterfell. I don't right. see a reason for Jane to ever go down to the Vale or, or even no. want to go to the Vale. So, um, you know, like that that makes more sense for for Sansa to meet her there, which then means that maybe Littlefinger is up there at Winterfell and and is um, and maybe it makes a lot of sense because he's trying to he's working towards uh, you know Harry the heir for, for mm-hmm. from the Vale. Uh, making an alliance between him and Sansa and then work up towards uh, Winterfell. I just don't know about the Battle of the Bastards, which we go back and forth on all the time. Like, right. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. But, I was just, I'm just saying, I'm just in a, in a way to try to get, as this person said, to Sansa find Jane Poole. Well, if I, if I try to piece it together in a way that, that could make sense, I think that, I think that'd be one way to go given the information we have in the books and a, possible outline to some extent of what we have in the show yeah yeah and i think that uh, then yeah it's always it comes back it always comes back to stannis and does he does he win uh versus ramsey lose versus bolton or or i'm sorry you know ruse um just all all real real interesting so yeah it's a great question and i i like thinking about that because i mean littlefinger definitely found a place for jane pool and it was a terrible place she suffered through a lot and uh i think she's gonna have a lot to tell Sansa later on so that was a it's a good it's a good question um the all right next up here uh we just have one just something quick here uh from Sir Stephen we may have covered this but even if we did I kind of wanted to talk just I, I found this again and and uh in our our inbox and this was this was about Donald Noy and so I can't remember whether we had read it or not but we've had so many conversations about Stannis and Renly and winds of winter predictions that i just found maybe we should you know rehash this a little bit so i apologize if we have read it um and if we haven't i figure we we, we better cover this so 
Uh, hello, sirs. My name is Steven of House uh, of Cornvin. Let me just say that I love your podcast. Finally got caught up on the episodes. This is my first raven to you and wanted your opinion on Donald Noy um, and a quote about the Baratheon brothers. So the quote is this. Uh, Robert was true steel, Stannis pure iron. I think we did talk about this a little bit. I think, I think we did too, but that's we can we can recover it. Yeah, black and hard and strong, yes, but brittle, the way iron gets. He'll break before he bends, and Rinley, that one, he's copper, um, bright and shiny, pretty. Uh, you, Pretty he may look, but uh, not worth much at the end of the day. And so Sir Stephen says that he, dis- that, that he disagrees with uh, um, Donald's uh, opinion on the brothers. I would say that Stannis is the true steel, and he heeds Davis's advice and bends over backwards to get the North, the Northmen to follow him. I would also say that he inspires loyalty in his men more than almost any other character in the entire series. Could any other character have his men travel all the way from Dragonstone to be defeated on the Blackwater and then to travel all the way to the Wall and then continue to march through the North to siege Winterfell? Uh, do you agree with Donald Noy? Um, which medals do you attribute to the Baratheon brothers? And then he says, you know, apologies if we no, we, I, if we did cover this, uh, then then I want to cover it again. And here's why, Sir Matt, because the more I, I bet you, if we went back and we found where where we read this, if we did or we didn't, I bet I'm gonna have a different answer because I was just reading how um, where Davos is, what, huh? He's he, he's locked up. He's mm-hmm. locked up because he's a traitor. And he is in there, and he's thinking about all, all like he was going to go kill Millicent, right? And mm-hmm. <laughs> Stannis calls for him, wants his honest counsel, wants his opinion. And I'm realizing, so Sir Stephen, this is a good question, good thoughts. I think people follow Melisandre. I, I don't think they're following. I, I think more so the people who are sticking around with Stannis are sticking around because of R'hllor, because of a Red Priestess. It's often said that Stannis... Actually, the chapter I was just reading, um, Robert Baratheon is... Uh, he turned his... In, like his um, I, I, don't, I don't remember exactly who they were, but he, in, in his fight, in his Robert's Rebellion, he took a lot of people who were against him, and there was two in particular that he turned and became. They, they became friends, and he he got their loyalty um, so much so that they that they died for him, that they that they fought and died for Robert. And I I have to go look up who that was, uh, but but he was talking about Stannis was saying that he can't inspire that kind of loyalty in men. He's actually confiding that in in uh, Davos, and you're like. Okay, so and you know people aren't aren't really sticking around. Are is it just Melisandre? Is it is it just the the powers that she's you know? Then she's the one who's backing and saying no. Stannis is my is my guy. I'm I'm backing him. But it seems like the Queen's men and and they're all obsessed with this new faith and religion. I don't know. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I just, I just, I just yeah, read I'm that the other day, and I thought, wow. Yeah, I'm with, yeah, yeah. It, it does seem that like Melisandre is starting to take control a little bit, right? And it, it is the religion a lot more of these people are flocking to rather than necessarily Stannis, right? Mm-hmm. As their, uh, as as their king, right? 
Um, you know, I mean, the difference between Renly and Stannis, I mean, Stannis being the true steel, uh, I mean, I think that's just a, you know, it, it's similar. It, it comes back up in, it comes back, we, we see a similar comparison um, in the Duncan Egg series when they're talking about the first Blackfire Rebellion, right? Darren versus, um, Darren versus Damon, right? Damon Blackfire. And it was, Damon is the one, when you look at him, he looks like a king and he had, and he had the sword, uh, compared to Darren, who is more bookish and, and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's kind of a similar, uh, comparison here into the terms of, well, excuse me, Robert, Robert was the, Robert is the true steel. Stan is pure iron, um, you know, he'll break before he bends, and then that, and then that, uh, Renly, uh, is, is, is copper, but certainly Stan as compared to, compared to, to, to Renly, um, I mean, so it, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a, a similar, a similar comparison. I mean, Robert is the real deal because he wins, he wins the whole thing. So, um, yeah. And, and so I think to, to, um, Sir Stephen, the, the one, one point that he makes it, it, it's the idea that, uh, that Stannis does bend over backwards to get the northern men mm. to follow him, and that he does. And some people might disagree with that and say, "Well, actually, he's you know he's, he's pretty much like follow me or or that's it." But like that chapter I'm talking about, where Davos is is trying to dissuade Stannis. Well, he doesn't really have to to dissuade him. I mean, um, they talk about going and attacking an island. Some people who um, Lord Celtigar had had bent the knee to Joffrey. And they're going to go over there and take him out. And and these these are people who uh, were loyal to Stannis. And well, and I I just said maybe to to R'hllor and Melisandre, but mm-hmm. hey, regardless, they're, they're actually uh, that's their liege lord. And he is instead of going there and fighting them, he just said that's not that's not what they should do. Stannis agrees with Davos there, um, but he talks about how. Stannis or Davos almost gets himself in trouble when he says, I forget how he says it, but he's like talking about when, when Stannis is a rule follower, it's the law. He's talking about the law. What, what does the law say about treason and these various things, right? Um, to commit treason against your King, the penalty is death. And he keeps saying that he's talking about that and it never really comes up uh, directly. But Stan, uh, Davos then says to him, well, you know, you chose Robert over your true king. So he does bend to, to, to some degree. Like Stannis chose blood um, over, he chose his brother over King Ares. And he said that was a hard choice. That was a hard choice because the way in which Stannis operates is that like he, he is a rule follower. He, you know, he is, um, so I don't know. I don't know that I disagree with the, with uh, Donald Noy's like, use of, of associating the, the, the metals with those brothers but I will say that Robert Baratheon does inspire a lot of loyalty and, and people were loyal to him and he, he forgave people and so on Stannis doesn't do that as much um, but at the same time he seems like someone who, who will not bend and who will not because uh, the whole thing is, is one of the Florence he throws in prison with Davos because he was plotting, air quote plotting. Stannis was just locked away with Melisandre. No one, no one freaking knew what was going on. So he's trying to negotiate with King's Landing and say, well, let's let's maybe marry Shireen to Tommen and so on, and and let's let's maybe get back into the good graces of because uh, he thought they were defeated, you know. And so they throw that guy in in prison or whatever. But he, you know, for for treason. Um, but yet what Stannis did with Ares was treason, and you know. 
And so then Davos is calling him out for that. They still end up burning uh, the Florent. Uh, but it's just like, I don't know, that's an interesting chapter to, to, to go read when Davos comes out and, and is confronting Stannis because, I don't know, I just think, yeah, so. It's a good question. Interesting to look at those characters and think about how they uh, either inspire um, the people around them or... Because I just keep looking for Stannis' down... I just keep... I don't think he's... I don't know what's going to bring I don't, down I don't think. He, I don't think he, I don't think he's making it through the next book, but... Yeah. But we will... But we'll, we, we'll see at some point eventually, so... All right, as hey, with that, man, that is our show for today. I want to thank you guys for listening and uh, writing in Raven. So with that, we want to thank you for playing the Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 35, Bran 5 of A Clash of Kings. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com. We will see you in a week, and remember that winter is coming.